gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide. This is your main event of the evening with a 60-minute title match. The man in charge of this episode is your host, Vic Muscat. I got the member of the one of the Killing the Business Worldwide horsemen with me today, Jason Scott. How you doing, sir? Glad to be back, brother. About time you can go on a show that more than once a week. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while, man. And we have a friend, Scotty Tucker, back today. How you doing, sir? Hey, hello, hello, hello. I'm surprised we didn't chase you away from our smoking the turkey session. Oh, we were good. That encouraged me to get back on more. I remember texting everybody afterwards. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get it going. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, it's a party here. That's all it is. It's one of those, like, don't take shit seriously, you know? I get so many messages about, that's not what you're supposed to do with podcasting. I'm just like, oops. Hey. It's your show. Happy to be on it. Let's get the train on the tracks, bro. <laughs> so describe to our audience, who exactly is Scotty Tucker? Well, I'm Scotty Tucker. I'm a ring announcer and commentator for Top of Texas Pro Wrestling. I'm also a backstage interviewer for KWA out in Kansas. Uh, bro, just an overall pro wrestling fan and honestly, kind of just a big old kid living his dream, dude. Like, it's just, that's the best way I can describe me. I'm, that's it, bro. <laughs> So if you could describe your career so so far using one word, what would that word be and why? It, it, I don't know if it's a two-part word, I guess. Just silence. I'll just say silence. The other way would be shut up. As a green, bro, uh, I've learned mostly your first couple of years are going to be to sit there in silence and observe. So a lot of people have given me great advice, and I've just sat there and soaked it in. Um that's that's probably the biggest portion chaos chaotic could be another one too if you want to throw that one out there you learn on the fly as you gentlemen probably know it's just kind of like hey something's changing you got to figure out how you're going to adapt to it either you're gonna you're gonna freak out and ruin it or you're gonna step up and make an opportunity so it's, it's up to you i got a lot of good people to back me up so i, I think i'm learning pretty well <laughs> so since you say you've been a, a you're a wrestling fan first name some of your favorite wrestlers and why Ooh, okay. Well, for me, I grew up. Okay. So I'm only 23 years young. So I know, I know some classic wrestlers, but I'm also kind of stuck in my way of what I grew up with and what was popular around, you know, as normal. A big one for me has always been Brock Lesnar. I've the big guys, the, I'm a big dude myself, not that stature, like that man, that's scary. Like that's not, that's not normal, but that idea that big dude like just going in and just wrecking house was always fascinating for me. I was a very kind of pent up kid. So football and I wrestled myself. So to see that aggression being portrayed in something I loved was like, Oh, Hey, that makes a little bit of sense. So I've always fascinated with big dudes. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow, God rest his soul. That's another one for me that not only from the inside of character work, but also to see him do things that people wrote off. He couldn't, it was really, really awesome to watch. Um, another older one for me, Stan Hansen. That's a great one. That man just this, he's got a lot of those things where it's like, Hey, like you can learn from him, but then you don't want to shoot punch all the time. Cause potatoes, bro. That's, that's wild. That's, <laughs> but then Larry, it's a lethal uh, character work. I have to put Rowdy Piper on that list as well. There, there's there's a lot I can separate, but like it's it's such a diverse question, bro. I love I'm such a wrestling mark, dude. <laughs> we all are. Oh yeah, we all are. That's what that's what you got this show. Yeah. Had some guy the other day, you know, telling me how you know professor wrestling is fake, and I took a snapshot of the comment and just kind of dropped the chat line. Kind of like that I knew it was just putting gasoline on a fire, but it's like here's the leaves. Here's a force. There's gas. Let's just drop a match and see what happens. It's one. And it was, oh, Max is telling me, I, I will slit this guy's throat. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. I would tell him that, but I might get in Facebook jail. <laughs> I, I get everybody's, like, take on that. And I just tell him, all right, like, if that's how you feel, let one of the people chop you. Like, tell me tell me how you feel after a man like Chewy Martinez or, or Sama Tamu gets that big old hand and just kata like tell me how you feel like is it is it fake <laughs> that hurts like there's some elements of it but it's people don't really know until they're like involved when they get involved they'll see or attend a live show i always encourage somebody before you knock it attend a show live like even if it's a local indie one go and see it for yourself 
there may be some elements of it you pull from it that you enjoy. It might not be the wrestling itself. I, uh, I've never been formally trained. I've never, I mean, I've been inside of a wrestling ring when I, uh, was working ring crew for ring of honor, but never did any bumps or anything like that. The one thing I've taken in my life is a chop like you're talking about an over the hand chop. My buddies, my air force buddies thought it would be funny. We all got drunk one night and we thought we'd have a chop fest which I wanted to stay away from because I was the little guy in the group. These were all Air Force firefighters, well over six foot tall, 200 some, 250, 260 pounds, just chopping the shit out of each other in the chest. And I kind of stayed away from it. Well, one of my buddies come out of nowhere. And when I wasn't looking and he chopped me right, right in the sternum. And it hurt so bad, I quit breathing. I could not breathe. And I hit the floor, and I was crawling on all fours, trying, trying to breathe. And I ended up crawling into the bathroom and just kind of laying over the sink, trying to catch my breath. So, yeah, I've, I've had that happen one time, and I said never again. <laughs> I mess with that. I mess with some of the guys at the top of Texas. One example I learned, bro, the Asian warrior, Sean Lau, if you guys have never looked him up, look him up, man. He's really, really good, really athletic. We're in the locker room. We're sitting there, and he, like I remember, we said something back and forth, and I told him again, yeah, "Chop me!" Just like I, you're in the locker room, it happens, and he hit me instant regret. Just in, I was like, yeah. "No," because he, that, like the hand went. I should have known when he was like half motion. I was like, "Oh, oh, this gonna hurt a little bit." Handprint. I was out. I was like, "Oh no!" That was oh, a no. time in my life where I, I thought this is it. I'm gonna die right here on this floor. <laughs> you feel that? <laughs> it's not okay. No. Well, you two have been in a professional wrestling <laughs> ring itself before. I mean, you could tell the audience about how much or how much quote-unquote give those rings have, the mats have in the ring. Oh, yeah. Some of them, well, like I've been, I've only been on two so far. So, I mean, that's not really a whole lot. I'm sure there's a lot of people that can give you way better answers. I, From the two I've seen, definitely way different. The one in the WrestlePlex here in Amarillo, Oh, that's a sturdy. You you gonna gonna feel it. Like if you don't land correctly on when you're learning bumps, you're gonna feel it. I've taken a couple. There's there's a couple others I can vouch to. So it's uh that one's rough. They had one at the Civic Center. Um, I took a stunner from JD Smitty, evil guy. We won't talk about him. Tony Hurst knows him, but I took a stunner and that like there was some spring. I was I was not really expecting it. <laughs> So did you have to go to wrestling school to get learn how to take the pumps properly or? So, yes, I'm a, so whenever you go through here, Texas is very traditional. Um, Top of Texas pro wrestling is very, very keen on before you get in, you are going to learn. Uh, they have the Top of Texas Dojo. It's ran by Chewy Martinez. Um, great trainer. You can't really ask for a better one. Uh, somebody that can educate you on character work as well as how to handle your stuff inside the ring to make sure not only you, but your opponent is safe as well. That there's You can't have better hands to be in. So with that, he's been running it out there, working with a lot of the people. I myself have not really trained as much as I would like to actively admit. I would love to. I've noticed a lot besides personal life as well as, you know, God, that stuff kind of hurts, bro. Like after a little bit, that stuff kind of hurts. So there's some training there, but I'm, uh, I'll go in like occasionally – sit down and talk to Chewy and they'll have um like Rocky uh who is Rocky Jimenez I don't know if he goes by J-Rock out here in West Texas he's been like the voice for top of Texas so anything production related all the footage y'all see that man has been the forefront of it for a long long time so he's been like the big trainer for me that's been like hey like behind the scenes here's some cues we can work on during show to be able to get this this plugged in before this match you know such and such so it's like the top of texas itself they do have a lot of different people that will give you insight so yes they do they do want you to get trained before you do really anything <laughs> tell us about your first in-ring altercation like first time that you know in the ring from a crowd and, you know, chaos breaks out. Tell us about the first time that happened for you. Mm. 
Ooh, well, we can go two perspectives on that. Okay, so I haven't really had an in-ring like portion for Top of Texas where I got physical. I've had two though. My very first night, the man is the man so patient with me. I said his name earlier, Samatamu. God bless you, brother. You are a very patient man. My first night in, I get through the entire show announcing. So the way I actually got into announcing, uh, so I take off a question later, but I apologize. Um, the way I got in was actually me and Chewy are friends. I told him, hey, you know. He was like, hey, come out, you know, come out and check out the wrestling. I hadn't been around since I was a kid. I used to go to when it was PWF back in the day. And so he's like, come around, you know, check it out and see how it's changed. Well, some stuff fell through. He knows I like wrestling. He's like, hey, bud, like talking to a mic. And he ran through and he trained me right there before the show. And was like, here, here's some cues. Change your voice up a little bit. Hold the mic out. Like, and it was showtime. So I thought I was doing pretty well. Get all the way through. Right to the main event. Right. I messed up this man's entire name. His name's Sama Tamu, and I called him Sammy Tammy. I was, oh, no. He turned and looked at me. The other guy he was wrestling turned and looked at me, and I thought at that moment, I was like, all right, that's it. That's over for me. So that's chaos in a different way, but. <laughs> dude, look at you like, Sama kills. Oh, Sama dude. Kills. So, oh, yeah. He's like, he looked right at me like, how did you do that, kid? Like, are you serious? And I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's like I'm so sorry. I've had his tag team partner, um, Marcus Johnson, on before. Spitfire. And um, mm-hmm. it's just every time I ask about Sama, it's like, it's like, you want to come on the show? Sama. You want to come on the show? Sama. 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 You got to learn the tones, bro. The tones of Sama, definitely. You'll learn. <laughs> so when you're in that ring, do you prefer to, to be looked at as a face or a heel? I don't know. I mean, as of right now, I let's do a face. I'm I'm the reason I want to be the one to get the crowd hype. I'm the voice that they're going to hear when they first come out, especially in top of Texas. I, that's something for me. I take pride in. I'm the one that they have, you know, given the opportunity to go here, man, get the crowd ready for us. So I, I take that serious for me. I get out there and try to get them hyped. So I would like to say baby face for now. Cause I'm the reason y'all got to y'all got to be hyped up throughout there. I got to give you the energy. If I'm angry and y'all are angry, ain't nobody going to want to be there. But if a managerial role or something were to happen later in time, who's to say? What's your um, relationship with Lucy and Willis? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it this it's he's a good guy. I mean, I ain't got nothing really ill will toward him. He uh he ran in the campaign with myself and Tony Hurst. Um, he ain't been around top of Texas too much and I don't blame him. The man's been killing it, killing it with empire pro wrestling. Uh, the psychotic messengers are his tag team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so the man's been going on his own way. Like y'all love to him. You know, I'm glad he didn't win top of Texas GM. He had some really, really weird ideas, like getting rid of the children in the plex. I was like, all right, we can't do that. Family friendly for a reason. Uh, have you ever been part of a show where a fan gets overzealous and just like tries to attack the wrestler or throws something that is like over? It's like it's like recently at WWE, a bunch of fans are during a house show threw a, a drinks at a Scarlet during carrying his crosses match, and the police were called. Wow. Yeah. No. No. We have a our fan base is pretty pretty good they're very vocal they're very vocal if you are booed they will let you know they do not like you if you are cheered they will let you know hey we support you so but i have no nothing real physical like that we have great security guard damien though so damien big boss he won't dance with me but i'm sure if somebody wanted to dance with him in that kind of occasion he's more than prepared he's all right what do you gotta say about this jason be quiet that was that was what I was going to ask. You you clarified it that you you have a very uh, vocal fan base, a devoted fan base, but they respect your boundaries, your boundaries, and they don't cross that line. So that that's good. I I would expect that from the fans in Texas. We're so locally bred that a lot of them become like family, and like whenever I myself, if peel back the curtain tight for a second, whenever I came back myself and you know, started emerging in top of Texas and getting around and people started recognizing who I was and I became a consistent face. It's been like 
that that door has opened up. There's a lot of the fans are like, hey, how you doing? Like, how's life treating you? And I'm like, well, I didn't expect you to ask that question at a pro wrestling show, but I'm thankful you did. I'd like to talk about it, you know? Like, it's real it's real cool. We got a real tight niche group over there. Do you uh, have any of the old legends from Texas ever showed up to any of your shows that you got to interact with? Not any that I have worked on yet. Um, the, the best one, though, I'm waiting on uh, whenever we head down to Kansas on the 3rd for XWE on Saturday. Uh, I believe it's Morty. I know Sam Stackhouse is going to be there as well. And that's what I'm looking forward to for, for me. That's like a, an indie pop one. Like, Oh yeah. The King of thick style. That's dope. Cause I know we're having a couple people come out for this show as well. They're doing it um, for wrestle brawl too. We're having quite a few. Hold on one second, gentlemen. Gotta get the info right. Oh, yeah. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. So it's Carrie Morton and Ricky Morton will both be out there. So Carrie Morton. Uh, and they're also they're also competing. So that's that's the part I'm trying to remember too. I gotta get ready for all these interviews and because they're also going against the knockout king. So Daniel King and Pierce Price. I hope I hope he brings that new belt that he just got. Oh, I'm hoping so too. Like how pretty. Mm-hmm. It's a nice belt. That match was good too. Him and homicide. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, those boys get it. I love, I love NWA's work. Is Ricky Morton still good in the ring still, or is he? Yes. Yeah, I can't even lie. Robert, Robert, I can understand. He's retiring. He needs to. He's he's getting real wobbly on the legs. But Ricky, he can still go. How old is Ricky Morton? It's one of those situations, boss. Age is just a number. <laughs> we really he's pushing, he's, if he hasn't hit 70, he's pushing it. Look at some of I'm curious. 66. He still gets it. He yeah, still he gets it. Debut for the year I was born, 77. <laughs> He said that's the year he debuted. That's a yeah. debut. A debut is seventy-seven. Wow. So he's been in business for forty-five years. That's a long time. That, you, that's longevity. Are you looking to be in the business for forty-five years? Man, if you want me to be honest with you, if it was actively, no. There'd probably be no way. Like the, the mental perseverance of a lot of the guys and the persistence, I don't see myself being able to. But if you asked me to go and commentate and like ring announcer for professional wrestling shows 45 years, I would love to do nothing more. Well, during the peak of his career in the 80s, and it's like it wasn't as like hardcore and you know, excruciating as it is today. I mean, He's things lucky. still happen when you're dancing, you know that, like with. You take a wrong way, like injuries are still bound to gear. Wear and tear is still a thing. And I mean, hey, if he's kept himself to where he can do that to that long, he's better than me. Cause I know I know I got guilty habits that wouldn't last <laughs> they wouldn't allow me to. <laughs> are are you afraid that you'll get injured? Because you like you said, like one little turn the wrong way, whether you're yeah. a man this would be a guy in the ring one time and tore his quad. I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations. It's it's any given night. Like the only thing that you can have hope in is that, hey, look, I'm gonna take care of you. You're gonna take care of me. Like you and your opponent are kind of like, look, bro, we got each other's lives in our hands. Like, let's see what happens. Aren't you afraid that if you do get hurt, I mean, maybe not as bad as a torn quad, but bad enough that you have to go to the hospital? Aren't you are you insured, or how does that take place? Or is it just one of those? We'll see what happens when it happens. I haven't been in that circumstance, boss, so I'm not too sure. I mean, if I would have to guess, if you're going from, like, the perspective of a bigger company, I would say that since you're on contract, there's got to be some kind of medical or, like, health coverage for you, like something, I would assume. For smaller, I don't really know. Um, I don't do anything really in that avenue that would be like, hey, you might get injured. If I get injured, I'm on somebody's highlight reel for the next week because they're going to laugh because it's me tumbling my big self off the ring steps. I could bet you. Yeah, well, like I said, when Vince McMahon tore his quad, 
He's like barking at the wrestlers, giving orders as he's on his butt. Rumble you know? five, yeah. That man's in the. He's just like you don't want to do that now. It's like on his button at the time. Everyone's like, "Why is he on his ass? What the fuck?" You know? <laughs> yeah, poor Batista and Cena are like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. You saw that." Are you still going? I, I, everyone's like, "I guess Vince is lazy or whatever. He doesn't want to get back up." And, and not as we know, he actually tore his quad. This is good shit. That's good. <laughs> so, with the you know possible of injuries and you know wear and tear and everything, what makes you want to do this? It's literally just the love of it. Like for me, it's been I rough upbringing. You know how it goes. Everybody has different situations that you know maybe you shouldn't have been put in, but you can't really change. But the one thing that was always consistent around me was pro wrestling, whether it be my uncle who was a diehard fan who I could just go sit at his house and watch it for hours. Or when it was local at the time, I used to have it on local TV when it was on like CW and UPN like early. So a lot of that for me was just, all right, cool. No matter what's going on throughout the craziness of the week on that Thursday night or that Friday night, I could watch wrestling. Like it got so bad to where I, I don't speak Spanish. Okay, like I, a little bit, I have like enough to maybe do okay. But I was watching Raw reruns on Telemundo in like 2008 with the volume off just so I could watch it. So it's, for me, it's just always been something that's just consistently been a love. So it's like, when I got the opportunity, I was dumb not to take it, you know? I could beat that. When I was in high school, we had the big satellite dishes. We didn't have the small direct TV type things. We had the big satellite dishes. We had to do like F219 or G118. Remember those, Jason? Yes. Yes. But but still, it's like, you know, if you just did enough research with the channels, I I was like, Monday nights were Raw and Nitro. Like, you catch the Nitro people at one in the morning. Tuesday was ECW. Started off as Eastern Championship, then went to Extreme. Wednesday was Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Thursday was USWA. Friday was UWF. And Saturday, Saturday had, you had a day off Saturday. And Sunday was pay-per-view time. See, you said I had it easy. I'd rather that. Like, I, I envy you guys because you guys, like, had tape trading. And, like, all the cool stuff from, like, All Japan Pro. And I'm like... Like, granted, I can still access that now, but I'm spoiled on it. I don't have to leave the comfort of my home to figure it out. Like, how can I see this match? Like, no, like, I can just Google it real quick and I'm good. Like, I, I would yeah. rather go back to the thrill of discovering Bash at the Beat for the first time when the NWO came. Like, it, I have the VHS of it. And, like, I watched the, the show from, like, top to bottom. First time seeing, like, the whole thing. And I was like, wow, that show is actually not horrible. <laughs> that show is really good. So, I would rather... I would have rather been able to go back to where y'all were able to take trade and exchange to kind of have that hunt for it. I wish it was that simple. Southern Vermont does not is not wrestling friendly. Are you a WWE or WCW guy? Back then, I you know I loved wrestling to a point where I watched them both and I love them both. No, that's how it was with the WWE and TNA when Impact was like they were doing that cross the line with all the former WWE superstars that were coming over. That's how it was. Everybody's like, WWE or TNA? No, man, I love both. Like, both were put on great matches. And when I, said, I, I was a channel back and forth between Raw and Nitro. Dope. I mean, WCW, when they, it, it, the NWO became saturated, and it was like getting everyone, everyone, anyone. It was like Wolfpack, and that's when I started leaning towards WWF back then. Just because it was just like, this is starting to get dumb, dumb here. I don't know if, if you've seen any of the documentaries on the Monday Night Wars where they talk about uh, Raw and Nitro parties that people would hold when they were watching back then. Well, that was right when I joined the Air Force, uh, 90, late 97, early 98. So that was in the midst of the Monday Night Wars. When, when I was at my first, my first base that I was stationed at in St. Louis, we had, I, I lived in the barracks because I wasn't high enough ranking to get my own place off base. So we, we had a, a central room in our barracks that had a big screen TV. And I'm not talking about the wide screens that we have now. I'm talking about the ones that weighed like a thousand pounds. Oh yeah. The plasma ones with the big bag. I yeah, had one growing up. Wood, 
got wheels under it. Yeah. And we would, we would watch, have Raw and Nitro parties every Monday night. And there'd be like 20 of us in there. And we'd order pizza. And we'd, we, it, at some point during the night, there would be a battle royal. Every Monday night. And it, there would just be bodies flying and pillows flying from the couches. And that was, that was every Monday night back in 98, 99. That actually sounds really, really cool. That's kind of like WrestleMania parties and stuff now, except uh, hopefully there's no power bombs. Hopefully it's not five hours long. Hey, I don't mind the two-night mania. I, 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 if it's two nights and both nights were like three hours and three hours, that's one thing. But when you have like five hours and five hours, that's when things get a little okay. Well, the first two hours is pre-show crap. Interviews and your your panel, Booker T and the King Lawler and all those guys up there. That's what the first couple hours is usually all about. So I just skip past that. Booker T with his comments these days trying to make me want to take like water bottle cap and swallow it. Hey, I love it sometimes. He comes out of left field with some of the craziest things, and I'll use influence of Booker T on there too. When I'll commentate for top, oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, oh yeah, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. That's a classic. You got to throw that in at least twice. My problem is his comments that aren't I have issues with aren't necessarily when he's on WWE program. Is on his podcast. Some of the comments he makes is like, really, you're that much of a kiss ass Booker, really. I mean, come on. Got to protect the sponsor. Hey, I really don't he's know. a company, man. Yeah, that man, that man's working, bro. <laughs> hey, never stop working. Two-time Hall of Famer. He, he he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna talk smack about him. So if there's something that you wish you have known that would have been helpful day one of your career that you know now. What would that be? I had to think. Okay, so you, you <clears throat> day day one, like a first piece of advice I can think of off the top of my head would be: if you're not nervous, leave. Like, don't do it. Like, if you don't feel the jitters in your stomach before you go out, don't do it. Uh, the first night, I was I was a little worried that those jitters were were bad. Um, I got told that a couple of days later, you know, a couple couple times later. But that that's probably the best piece of advice I can think of that I now know. That like when I feel it in my stomach, I'm like, all right, cool. You still love this. Like you still love this. We're good. Like, like <laughs> and then you shake them out and do your thing. But that would probably be the best one. That and it's still just a whole lot of like shut up and pay attention. Like that's the best thing. Like if you those those little moments when you think nobody's taking notes, like take notes. Those are the ones that you're gonna learn probably the most. When that person doesn't expect to be teaching. You're going to learn the most from them. In professional wrestling in general, like what other promotions do you watch on your free time? That's that's a long list, dude. <laughs> By YouTube, you look at YouTube, it's packed. I'm I'm just a wrestling mark, bro. Everything from Pro Wrestling Gorilla to wrestling, the Wrestling Revolver to GCW as well. I got uh, into GCW a little bit through a buddy of mine, and he's like, go he's been telling me gcw's been going crazy um db cooper i don't know if y'all have had him on here before he's been been preaching been preaching that hey look like gcw is is it like it's it's a good good show so i sat uh i think the first one i watched was gcw hit him up when they were in um los angeles sat there watched the whole event through and it wow like it's it's really cool like the environment is something crazy um obviously i go to your classics like your nwa modern it's it's a modern classic. It's old school wrestling. We know it's great. Um, I still watch Impact as well. New Japan. I'm excited for Wrestle Kingdom coming up. That's going to be a sick card. Omega and Osprey. Oh, that's going to be so good. A lot of flippy oh, marks. Yeah. I know it's going to piss off Jim Cornette, and I'm so for it. Well, what's going to kind of piss me off was last week on SmackDown because like Ron Strowman's remarks after a crown jewel, which I see his point. You have a match against Olmos, the adrenaline's pumping. You're just like, I just power slam this big guy. He says something on Twitter about, you know, big man wrestling is better than flippy guys doing flips and everything like that. I just see, okay, you are just amped up. 
I get it. But in SmackDown last week, he had him lose to Ricochet. And I was just like, what the no. fuck? No. I, I don't necessarily agree with that decision, but in the same boat, I kind of see like the first word in all of it is professional, professional wrestling. You're a professional wrestler. So sometimes with those companies, you have to be touching on comments. Like, it's not like he was this, I'm sure when he was doing control your narrative, there was probably certain things he couldn't talk about when he was doing WWE, the certain things. So taking a dig at the locker room, you're kind of like, Hey guys, I see y'all every day and I don't like what you're doing. I, I understand that. But when it's like, you know, the winner has an opportunity to face Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, why would you? Roman versus Gunther, that would be great. But instead you have Ricochet with a surprise roll-off and you're just like, what the fuck's this? No. Like, no. no. I mean, but Ricochet Gunther has the potential to be dope too if it's anything like Ray and Gunther. Yeah, little man, big man dynamic still sells tickets. They had him Ricochet versus Gunther twice. Rick Gunther I'm twice. Fun watching Gunther beat the snot out of Ricochet. I'm, or Santos. Santos Escobar is a cold dude too, so I feel like that'd be an interesting like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be a more like psychological, <laughs> like working on like arm work match. Like cause Santos is definitely gonna work on a limb. So if you so with all the wrestling you watch. And of course, you watch it and you just have mental notes going on in your head. If you could stop one thing that professional wrestling keeps on doing and start something in its place to generate more fans, what would they be? A nitpick for WWE, I guess. I don't like when the matches get announced right before the show. You know what I'm saying? Like where you'll see like, do y'all keep up with the social media at all? And you'll see, like, before you're about to tune in, and it's not like they do it, like, six hours before. They'll wait, like, oh, top of the hour, we're kicking off SmackDown with this person versus this person. Like, no announcement, no build, no nothing. Like, if it's going to happen, like, just let it ride in the show. Um, For locally, I don't know. I like – we have good people that build up high packages and stuff. I don't know. I feel like building up a high package is just awesome. It's kind of like a lost art, like – do you remember those old like promos back in the day, like the Rock Austin WrestleMania X7 My Way? Like the feeling yeah. when you see oh, you're like, yeah, you're like, oh boy, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle with the the Ultimate Submission match. That whole like promo before yeah. it, oh, like it that stuff makes you invested. So I feel like it's become a lost art. Like a lot of people cut promos and they talk about the matches. I get that, but those hype packages, it's like building up behind some kind of backbone and some music. It's, oh, those are dope. I always thought that one of the greatest rivalries I've ever seen in wrestling was the late 80s, in the late 80s, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair feud. Yeah. Because not only they, you know, had the Chi-Town Rumble, Steamboat won the title, the Clash of the Champions, they went 60 minutes, Tommy Young didn't see Flair's foot outside the rope, and he's countering them out still. But, <coughs> Us the war 89 bout when they said this is the third and final fall. Right. Winners here. They had um a video package when they used Europe's final countdown. And that was just you know, being 12 years old at the time, I was just like, holy fuck. That was great. And like, how could I watch that again? And of course, YouTube wasn't back in existence back then. So I was pretty much fucked. But you know, but it's just that right there. It's like just you're right. The video packages, if they do it right, it will just be like, even to this day, it will make you go, whoa. Every time, like the first one that I, and it's kind of around the same time, which is really weird. WrestleMania 25 does not get nearly as much credit as it should for like the builds to them. There's a lot of ones that are confusing, but the edge swerve at no way out to win the world title after losing the WWE title in the chamber before. Yeah. Like, to build up to that scene. And then you got the, the Randy Orton Triple H feud, which went completely insane before Mania. The Undertaker's. Yeah, you had Taker, Michaels. Like, there's, there's a lot of buildup to 25. That's like Mysterio, JBL for the Intercontinental, where JBL retires. Like, there's a lot of build behind that show. So that that's probably the first time for me being able to watch it live where I was like, those promos getting into it. And then, like, some of them even carried into the next year with that Sean Taker. 
Oh, right into the next year, they're building it up again. And it's like, oh, my God, like the storytelling is so good. <laughs> so do you, when you walk down the street, do you think of yourself as in, you know, Scotty Tucker, just a normal dude, or Scotty Tucker over the top, over the top wrestling, you know? Like, nah, what's- bro. I'm a, normal, I'm a normal dude who gets enthusiastic about what he loves, bro. So if we want to talk pro wrestling, 100%. I'm all for it. I love it. Those are the conversations I'll probably be a little bit more proactive in. But otherwise, nah, man, I'm, I'm just a laid back guy. I take care of my dogs. I go to work. I don't – I nothing too crazy about me, brother. <laughs> so if I could give you a promo challenge right now where you have to give a cut of this, a 30-second promo – about anything you want, but you have to be Scotty Tucker from over the top in your promo. Could you do it? You said a 30-second, but Scotty Tucker, you got to give me a topic. I can try. I mean, I mean, can, I mean I'm saying it's like, it doesn't have to be long. It can be, if it's 60 seconds, it's 60 seconds. But it could be about anything. Like, what happened today that kind of annoyed you? Like, someone cut you off in traffic or? <laughs> nah, bro, it's been pretty good. <laughs> It's been a great day. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a real negative person, boss. Okay. Let's do, a, let's do a promo where you have to do a promo on MJF winning the AEW title. Oh God. Okay. Am I doing it? All right. He's well, a big fan of the show, so no pressure. He's a what? Big fan of the show, so no pressure. MJF's a big fan of the show. Great. Can't wait to get this promo cut on me. Well, I mean, started off by saying you can kind of see the cards where he tricked everybody. So good job getting the crowd behind you on that one. Um, the swerve was a bit unnecessary. You didn't have to be so aggressive in taking out Regal, but I give you that. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to build one. I don't really know. That's a it's an interesting the, dynamic. The whole NJF, I knew it was a swerve. It's just how they threw the curve. I didn't expect, but I knew I was like, he is not a fan favorite. Come on. Talk about him being, okay. He's going to tell everyone to fuck off when he won the title. Come on. We all know this is going to happen. And everyone's like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's turned, turned heel again. I didn't not expect the regal turn swerve from uh, Wednesday night. I did not expect that. I, I thought about, uh, I think something got me online. I was like sitting there scrolling and somebody said something about like, think about the phrase that, uh, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making people he didn't ex- think he didn't exist. And everybody was saying that wasn't MJF talking about him. That was him talking about Regal and him letting Regal know, like Regal's in the background playing the game and, and pushing the wheel. And everybody's thinking he's like, aha, Black Bull Combat Club. Like that was kind of a smart theory. I mean, I, I mean, the him turning on Regal, that didn't surprise me, but Regal helping him win the title, that surprised me more. It was neat. It was a good swerve. But then I like how two weeks later they come and swerve you even quicker with him taking Regal out. That's that was unexpected as hell. I did not think that he was decking Regal. Since you've been watching wrestling for all these years, which cage is better? The blue one that the WWF used to have, you know, the during the WrestleMania one or two errors, or the ones you see today? Hmm. Well, I mean, today I think are more stable, safer, but it, I would say for like dramatic effect, I, I would say the, the the cages of today, just because it's it's more relatable. Like when you think of a steel fence, not everybody has like those bars in their yard. It's it's a fence. So it's all about the spectacle, like like war games itself was something that was like, we need spectacle. So when they built that, like, could you picture War Games if it was double iron? Like, if it was, like, the bar cage? I mean, better. But anyway, that's... What? With that, like, instead of that chain link fence and, like, the roof, like, first off, that roof was so crunchy. Let's talk about it. Like, the back, in the, back in the original War Games, that was great. It's just the way WWE made it today. It's just like, eh. It's all right. I kind of dig it. They did a really good attempt at, like, they they told the story dynamic though throughout the show with the bloodline and everything before they got to the men's. So I mean they they at least tried to hey like strategic. The only reason I say it looked half ass was you guys couldn't put a roof on the cage. The you know someone's gonna jump. <laughs> the the, the World, World Games had a roof. 
oh, you're throwing weapons in, okay. You want to change, like, instead of a coin toss, you have the matches a week before, okay. Like, at least put a goddamn roof on it. That's what War Games all about. It was the only cage with the roof, and everyone was like, holy shit, it's War Games. And then now it's just like a double cage match. Truthful, they could probably pull that like TNA gimmick where they lowered that for like lethal lockdown, they lowered the cage on top or like the little portion. That's what my, that last Survivor Series remind me more of lethal lockdown than war games. That's fair. It just, you know, all the weapons they threw in and stuff like that. Because when I first saw war games and I was thinking about war games, I thought the event absolutely sucked. And then uh, Monday morning, I saw it again thinking about it because middle of the night, I was like, that's more like Lethal Lockdown. So I watched it again thinking about Lethal Lockdown. And I it was oh, it was better. It wasn't great. I thought the Bauer uh, Styles match was the match of the night. Ooh. <sighs> Out that or the triple threat. That US title one was good. Yeah, I think uh Styles and Bar- Bauer put on a classic, but the way the triple threat ended was so good. I love the way the triple threat ended. It was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was like, you know, Theory won the title, but it wasn't like Theory won the title. It was he fell on Rons. Everybody looked strong that needed to look strong, and Theory was just like, like all right. Right. And then you just look at the TV like, oh, wait a second. He's on two. Wait a three. What's like, Why is the referee calling the bell? Because you think that Lashley was going to win or Rons was retained. Not Theory won the title again, which is new theory. I like a lot better than the take a selfie theory, I will say. Give me that. His work in uh, Evolve, where he was that like really, really aggressive heel. Perfect. So if he can get into that and channel that and WWE let him tap in, that potential is limitless. So what are the three things you're grateful for during your career? The ability to travel so far, that's been a blessing for me. Um, not a lot of people, especially with the time that I've been in, get to travel, let alone get the opportunity to be a part of other companies in other states. So for me, that's been one of the biggest things that like I've been really, really grateful for um, as well as the support system of people around it too. Um, professional wrestling has been a family. Everybody from top of Texas to XWE have all been family. I've met a lot of people that have become role models in my life now that, you know, they may not necessarily know it, but a lot of the actions they do, it's been like, Oh, cool. You know, I can kind of start mirroring things like that and noticing how things work. Uh, I've also been very, very grateful for it to help me open up socially. Um, I'm a I'm a pretty social person. I have good conversations. I can do so. But there's a difference between a conversation via, you know, this little device here and, you know, in person. So it's allowed me to become more comfortable with being able to go, look, this is who I am as a person. So, ta-da, you know. <laughs> Do you think that, you know, we say family and you get like the vibe, the positive vibe, the positivity of the love of family. Do you think that what is what makes the locals go to watch over the top? I feel like it, it starts back there. Like if you have somebody who's not feeling like they want to be there, it's going to lead to that showing in the product. So I feel like that is a big, big step for it. Like top of Texas, everybody there is, is so close, like so close to each other bro like we all know i love everybody there i care for everybody there we all know yeah we're there to handle business but it's still like it's like meeting up you know and saying hi to everybody once a week and going hey i'm glad to see all of you are you know alive and well five years from now where do you see yourself five years from now i would like to at least have one match under my belt you know, just get in there, finish the training, and then at least have one uh, just to say you did it. You know, it's one of those situations that might not ever get the chance to do it, so jump on it. Um, I would love to still be doing ring announcing and commentating, as I'd hopefully to travel more. Um, I would love to eventually get down to other places and, and you know, start spreading my love of pro wrestling to everybody, you know. What are more of your more present-day goals? Present day goals um, for now, I'm actually going to try to obtain my goal before like, I'm going to say 
before March, April of 2023, I want to get a gear. I want to get not like ring gear, but gear that's does you know designated to me. Uh, I've been talking to a couple people, working on some nice stuff. Um, just waiting it out. I want to get me a nice like jacket. That's you know something, something exclusive to me. You deserve it. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. So, what are some of the events that you have that are coming up? Well, I mean, so far we got December 3rd uh, for Russell Brawl 2. I'll be back there um, interviewing everybody. So I'm so excited for that. Um, I've also got on the 17th, uh, Top of Texas puts on every year uh, Seasons Beatings. It's a donational event for the Children's Hospital out here in town. We take toys. It's fully, fully donated event. Um, so I am looking forward to that a lot, too, to go be able to spread some cheer this holiday season to maybe some people that are not as fortunate, you know, as, as some of us are. Uh, other than that, man, that's that's really it for the year. I just got those two, and then just kind of back back here at home for the holidays with the family, and just get to spend some time until the new year starts rolling. Off the subject matter, do you think Roman Reigns is a little bitch for saying like he got smacked too hard by Kevin Owens? I mean, like you know, you're in the ring. You know, it's like, what do you expect? Like, remember a couple of years ago when Lesnar got kneed by Strowman, and he got up and just, like, nailed Strowman. That was it. There was no buzzer going out back going, like, I got hit too hard. It was like he handled himself. Now you have Roman going out back, like, I got hit too hard. And now there's rumors that this next set of Reigns and Owens at Royal Rumble is going to be Reigns and Sheamus. The only thing I would think to say that would probably make the most sense would be at least they talked it out and handled it like adults instead of chairs and arms and dogs, you know, all that crazy stuff. So if we're being truthful, Good point. Good point. we've seen situations that have got her handled worsely. So if Roman got a little pissed off and wanted to vocalize it and they talked it out, that's better than a chair flying and somebody getting bit. I'd rather see a chair fly. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You want the world to burn. That makes sense. Anarchy! Anarchy! Here we go! Here we go! If I ever hear the siren, I'm like checking my, I'm checking text like, all right, he ain't coming for me. We're good. <clears throat> Jason, you're quiet. He muted. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, multitasking here. The wife is on her way home. And you know what that means. Oh, yeah. She gave you an earful one episode. Yeah, it was it was all recorded. It was all recorded. Oh. It was great. You got a tongue lashing on camera, boss? Yeah. She wasn't, she wasn't well, I kept – and I kept adding fuel to the fire. I kept poking the bear to, to get a better, bigger rise out of her, and it just kept escalating. It was great. I mean – Good lesson is uh, you play stupid it, games. You, stupid go, you can go back and watch it. Which episode? What was it called, Vic? It was off the script. I recently off the script. It. Look yeah. at our episode off the script. That was it. I'm going to check it out. That's a podcast plug inside of a podcast. We're right there. Check out that episode. It was like we were going to do the Mount Rushmore's of referees. And then this episode just kind of like disintegrated. And we are just like, you know what? Well, because again, I was multitasking. I was out in my garage cutting uh, slabs, wood slabs for my stairs because I'm redoing my stairs. So I was doing that while I was doing a podcast. And during that time, she happened to come out and check on me and make sure I was still doing what I was supposed to be doing. And that's when I was like, don't worry about what I'm doing. I got this under control. Take your ass back inside. And it just... It just escalated from there. <laughs> you put the cross. You just awoke a demon. We, come on, boss. He's just nodding his head. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Most women would just say, I'll talk to you after the show. But no, it's right there. <laughs> now, she'd, have, she'd had a couple glasses of wine in her, so she didn't care. Hey, you know, it's it's like I've had people making, you know, off-color remarks before, and I still was like, hey, that's them. I'm still uploading it. You know, what makes you think I wasn't going to upload that still? Of course, I'm going to upload it. This is like, hey, you know. What did you say earlier? Ratings. 
I just do it because it's funny. Ch- chaos creates cash. Hey, anarchy! <laughs> I don't think to myself as in like, oh, geez, you know, this is going to be great. I had an episode where um, Rory Angel was giving her, doing an episode about managers and referees, and I knew Miles Jacobs, who's a friend of the show. <laughs> and I told Miles Jacobs, like, hey, just to let you know, Roy Angel's going to be hosting one of my shows. Slipped him the link. It's like, it would be a shame if the party gets crashed. Oh, that was a good one. 20 minutes after the shit we start recording, <laughs> years. This is like, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That is foul. So it's also name another podcast where someone who's co-hosting can multitask walking around. He got it. He got it. That man can make stairs and ask you wrestling questions. I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, it's just because it's life. This is where the conversations happen. You know, someone's, you know, that's how I work the show. It's life. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I love to have Jason's wife on sometime. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm going to get her liquored up first, though. Go Jason right versus his wife in a household debate. <laughs> I'll mediate. <laughs> I do have some other <laughs> Super smooth house fight. You can, be, you, you can be our ring announcer. I swear. I'll do <laughs> it, too. Don't. Hey, no. I can't ask the weight. That ain't fair. I'm gonna get in trouble. You bad. He's Wing, Wing, whatever. From wherever. Jason's wife. Shout out to Jason's wife if you're watching. Please don't kill me. His name is Scotty Tucker. He lives in. Is that true? This is his phone number. Yeah, no. <laughs> here's his email. Just an email. No, let's no, just say here's his email, bud. You know, we we'll really appreciate it. It's like giving me this information if you call him up and video it. Oh, can't wait to get yelled at. Hey, ratings. Hey, that's I guess that's my payback. <laughs> ratings. We'll just send it in. It's only ratings if you fight back. If you don't fight back, then it's just like, eh. hey, it's still ratings. <laughs> Somebody, somebody don't like somebody getting yelled at, man. Uh, I'm gonna get my wife on soon because she doesn't like wrestling, but she gets a pass because you know she's one of those people who thinks wrestling is fake. Yep. She gets a pass because she allows me to do this show and just goes like whatever. She doesn't give me any shit about you doing another fake podcast or anything like that. Okay. It's not like she will like say like oh that's just fake like this shit. It's like if you ask her. She'll give your opinion. Hey, it's all good. Everybody's got opinions, man. I'm I'm always an open book myself, so I don't want somebody to lie and hide, you know, who they are. But I'm trying to convince her to go to, like you said before, go to an indie show. Because if you go watch it on WWE, you're going to see all the soap opera stuff and uh, the camera angles and the prettiness and stuff. Go to an indie show. See how those rings are put together. See how they shake. See how thin they are. And if you say it's fake afterwards, okay, it's fake. I look at it as in, as in Circus Away. You know, yeah, you know how the show is going to end, but the flippy stuff, if someone's not there, they catch you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Would you would you agree, by the way, uh, that wrestling is being a professional wrestler is more dangerous than being an MMA fighter? I'm, I'm going to say, okay, in MMA, you're trained. One of your biggest things is defense, okay? You're trained on how to protect yourself at all times. One of your biggest things is you are trained on how to attack but also defend. Pro wrestling is your training is considered around, can this person do this move efficiently? And can I also protect myself? Because there's a lot of factors. You may know how to protect yourself, but if somebody like um, – I got Miracle Mike James, best – one of the best conversations I had, he was talking to me about overhead belly to bellies. And the biggest problem with overhead belly to bellies is a lot of people will grab and they won't let go. So when at that point, it doesn't matter how much you tuck, you're getting spiked because of the other person. So it's like, there's a lot, 
I feel like in that situation, yes, just because you you're not you won't necessarily get injured just by you. Like it could be a mess up of somebody else and you did what you properly had to, but you still got hurt. You know, it, it happens all the time. Also, in professional wrestling, if someone gets knocked out and knocked back in into it, well, I heard the referees just usually let it go as like, okay, you're up now, whatever. But MMA, it's like if you think for a second that guy that was out, you stop it. Wrestling is more like, hey, I don't know, but show must go on. Wrestling is literally like, yeah, I agree. Because like wrestling is, look at someone in MMA when they're like, if something breaks or like something tears, usually that's it. They call the match. That that that's over. Triple H did it. Cody Rhodes did it. If somebody has a torn peck, oh, you ain't out there fighting. Like, you're not – if you tear your peck before, like, you get checked for, like, MMA, like, UFC, a company like that, no, like, you're not going out. It, it looked like that. That's the automatic right there. Like, your arms – you can't swing, bro. Like, you're not you're not going to fight. Your main function of offense is gone. So, that kind of shows you, like, pro wrestling is a little bit weirder. I think both, both mindsets, you have to be a crazier person to get into – because both have dangerous risks. MMA, you have to be fully comfortable with somebody going in and punching you in the face. Like, you, you, that's just the one fact. Like, no matter what you do, you're going to get hit. Like, you have to be okay with someone smacking you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and pro wrestling, you have to be okay with the idea of, this person could could throw me a little too far and I could over-rotate or, or – they that that kick was just a little too close to the mouth. Like that, there's factors you can't really decide, but stuff happens. There's still just you know danger in both aspects. These instantly professional sports is starting to look more and more pre predetermined. Then you know it's like I've seen a couple of football games like Atlanta Tampa recently. Don't say that. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and if it's in our card this year to win the Super Bowl because the politics are in our favor, I'm taking it. Fly, Eagles, fly. I'm taking it all day. Oh, because they have Jalen Hurts, and they're going to make Jalen Hurts into the next elite quarterback. I, I Keep riding the wave. I love it. I love it so much. Our defense is getting great. Our offense is starting to click with the running game. Nobody can really hold it. So keep on trucking. I'm not hoping on nothing yet, but just keep on trucking. But this uh, this Sunday's game with Tennessee, that's going to be an interesting game. Mm, I mean, in a sense, it's going to be to see, like, how they're – how are they going to adapt? Because their defense isn't, like, the best, but it's not the worst. they got a pretty stout defense. But I just don't think offensively they're going to be able to hang. Like, Derrick Henry is their biggest weapon since A.J. Brown left, weirdly enough, to Philly. They lost, they lost to Cincinnati last weekend. I don't think you got nothing to worry about. Cincinnati's a dog team, though. Cincinnati, like, let's not discredit them. They're hit and miss. Like, they'll they'll play good against Tennessee, and then they'll get their ass beat by the Browns. Can't say nothing. We lost to the Commanders. Good <laughs> game, and that could just be like easy, you know. Get took and he overestimated them, or you know, they. I'm were, cool with one game, but the Washington, the team that can barely get their own name together, that's the team we have to like. Hey, you dominated the rest of the year, doing real well, but you're gonna lose to the Commanders of anybody. They're seven and five right now, so you can't really. Yeah, the whole NFC East is great, but uh, come on, it's just NFC East banter. I don't like them. I don't like. I don't want to lose to anybody in our division ever. Geez, they got the. They're at New York for the Giants the week after. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a. The Giants are scary. I'm not even gonna lie. I like the Giants. I like watching them play. They're a scary team. Oh, they want to borrow money. They're doing everything much better than everyone thought they would. But they have no nothing spent. They're gonna fall apart eventually. But we'll just enjoy the ride until that happens. Either Philly or Minnesota will make the Super Bowl. I don't even see Philly making Super Bowl bus. Like I see us losing to like somebody. Like somebody's gonna step up in the playoffs. And like both both AFC and NFC have a lot of dogs. Like there's a lot of teams that are just prime and ready for playoffs. Like it's scary. I guess San Francisco's another story. Not Tampa, but that's another story. 
<laughs> Watch. No, in my look, like Tampa's going to like tank, barely make playoffs, and beat the Eagles like right off first time we play them. Brady for 368 yards. Swear. Four touchdowns to Mike Evans. He just Darius Slay's just getting teabagged. It's not all right. How do I get people find you on social media? <laughs> uh, for me, they can find me on Facebook. It's Scotty Tucker, man. I'm going to bring you back on. You're a good dude, man. Hey, I'm always more than happy to, bro. Now that I got the clearance, yeah. take the wheels off now. Let's go. We will, man. We definitely will. Jason, you have anything else to say before we sign off? It's been a pleasure, brother. It's uh, nice meeting you. Good luck to everything you're doing out there. Keep it up. Um, and uh, if you're ever in the Georgia area, look me up. Hey, I'd love to come down. Bless you, sir. Thank you so much for all that. I appreciate it. Scotty, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have any final words for our audience? Hey, man, tune in to Top of Texas. Tune in to KWA if you want to keep up with me. Uh, for XWE, man, Wrestle Bros this weekend. Stay tuned on the social media. Um, I love to interact, so just come come say hello and, you know, come see what Super Smooth is all about. Well, I appreciate your time, Scotty. Thank you for coming on. Yes, sir, brother. Y'all have a great night. Thank you, Jason, for joining us today, and thank you for everyone who watched. This is Killing the Business Worldwide, and we are out. Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.